What's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? You guys know how this works. The goal of this podcast is to help bring people together. Whether it's stories of triumphs and success, or even stories of a little bit of failure or hardship, we share them all. Because by doing so, we help connect each other to one another. And that's really what this podcast is all about. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. All right, Refill Team Fairchild. Today we have three people that first started off their careers around the time I started this job. I started back in March and they were my first official class on my own for FTAC. Today I have Airman Oliver. She's a boom operator here at the 97th ARS. I have Airman Gunderson. She's over at ATC, Air Traffic Control Tower. And she's over with the 92nd OSS. And then I have Airman Heimbrook. He is one of my E&E troops over at the AMXS. I think you said you're green AMU. For those of you that don't know, we have four different AMUs over at AMXS. So, yeah, we got green, blue, black, and silver. So he's lucky, lucky I was going to say lucky number, but lucky color green, who's actually attached to the 97th ARS, which is Airman Oliver's squadron. All right, so welcome, guys. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having us. us. Thank you. <laughs> you guys were in class, what, back in April of 2021? Yeah, it was that first week of April, and we're just passing around uh, again one year right here. So I know it was about a year ago, but what did you guys like about FTAC? What do you remember about FTAC? Yeah, so my favorite thing was the resiliency training that we had. Uh, they gave us these like piece of paper that had all kinds of different ways to be resilient. And that was just something that I, I had hung on to. I also really like just getting to know the different places around base. I know if I came in without FTAC, I would not know where the Family Readiness Center is. I wouldn't know what like legal could help me with because I plan on like changing my last name very soon to my family's last name. And like, I wouldn't even know where to go uh, for that. I've ended up having to use the Family Readiness Center for, and they were super, super helpful. So without FTAC, I wouldn't even know where those things were. Awesome. Outdoor Rec was a big one too. Have you guys taken advantage of any of the trips that they offer? Oh, no, not the trips, but some of the equipment, yep. Oh, like, I've definitely used those trips. I went snowboarding at least five times this winter. Okay. What what equipment did you use? So I was starting snowboarding, so I kind of started off with that and then got my own. But it was like a good step into it. Just to make sure you like the, the sport before you invest, because I think what a, a snowboard is quite a bit of money. The boots are quite a bit of money. I mean, even the rental alone, because like for that whole like one day trip, you still have to pay for your ski lift ticket. Gotcha. So that's like 150 still, but it's still cheaper. Whereas, like, I was getting into it, too, because I haven't snowboarded since I was eight. And then we moved up here, and I saw that it was 20 bucks. So I was like, okay. Oh, and they cover driving and the True. ticket. And I was like, for $20, whereas I can rent it all out for 150 I was like, I'll just take the trip. Sure. So you've taken advantage of the trips. What about you, Erman Oliver? Have you had a chance? I have not, but I am so looking forward to, in the summer, when they open up the zip lining trips again. I really want to do the night Micah Moon zip lining, so I've been trying to keep my eye out for that one. Awesome. A little plug for them, about a month before the event drops, and they have their little pamphlets that you guys can check out. I think we have some downstairs even. But about a month before the event drops, that's when you can officially start signing up for things. So just make sure if you're not busy that day, you just go wait in line directly there so you can sign up or you call them immediately so you guys can get hooked up and take advantage because some of those trips I think Sergeant Quint was always talking about is it the uh, Yellowstone overnight Yellowstone, yeah. yeah I wanted to sign up for that I was following it on Facebook forever I was like I'm interested and then it came up 
And then I just got carried away with work. And then I looked down. I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up and call them. And they're like, we don't have any more spots. I was like, no. So unfortunately, a hard lesson learned. But for the really exciting ones that you're really interested in, just make sure that you're caller number one, for lack of better terms. Got my eyes on some of the skydiving ones. Oh, excellent. And I know they also help out with like, I ended up having a squadron event last August and they ended up supplying supplying a lot of like uh, the bag games and stuff like that. So if you guys are squadrons throw any events, they like to help out with that stuff too. They are part of FSS, which is the force support squadron, which is what I'm attached to. So it's a real group, a real good group of people that work over there. What do you remember from, from FTAC? Hi, Brooke. Just uh, the people, different work groups, learning about them, vibing with them, just having outside relationships other than maintenance, personnel. Awesome. Gunderson? Networking would definitely be my favorite part of FTAC. Um, we are pretty secluded on the other side of base. The tower is right across from the runway, so it's we don't really get to interact with the rest of the sure. side. So sure. that was definitely nice. Yeah. Because I, if I recall, some of you guys still talk to each other outside of class for the most part, right? Yeah, yes. so like, for example, like I was here, uh, Gunderson over at comms up in the ATC. So, and then anytime I need E&E on the jet, I know I've definitely seen you out <laughs> once on the on one of my jets. I so. feel like it's every time, it's either you, <laughs> Diaz, or uh, Mags. Yeah, so it's always nice seeing like a familiar face coming out to help or you hear him over the, over the comms. Excellent. No, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys stay in touch. And that's one of the things we try and impress upon you guys when you first join is, hey, yes, and, and a lot of you guys and girls are so excited to just finally beat your first base, finally start learning your job. And then we tell you right before you start learning your job, we're going to make you do one more week of extracurriculars before you go again. Starting a lot of you guys get all angry and don't want to be there. And I have to try and course you that hey it's it's going to be worth it so hearing that you guys still see each other and still interact with each other hang out even sometimes that's why we do it so just remember that when you have your new airman that you're sponsoring in yes ftac has its it's very blue moments but it also has a, an opportunity for you guys to do a lot more which is getting to know people outside your career f fields and if you guys decide to stay in the air force and even outside networking is so crucial I, I'm going to tell you that, and you're going to remember it probably. And you may not remember that I said it, but the more people you know throughout your life, the more it helps you. And when you guys become supervisors, it'll also help your airmen. Because then if they ever need a tour of ATC, you know, you can reach out to Airman Gunderson. If you want to go see the Boust, you can work with Airman Oliver. If you want to go get out on a jet, maybe, and see what's out there, Airman Heimbert can help you out, right? Since FTAC, what have you guys gotten up to? How How... Have you guys gotten your five levels yet? Yeah, I've, I've gotten my five level four months after I completed FTAC in August. I ended up getting my five level. All I needed to do was uh, be proficient in day fighters and night fighters, which is something we don't get at the training base that I was before okay. Fairchild. Um, so as soon as I get proficient, as soon as I got proficient in uh, those fighters and then did a couple bouts and then got RNC'd and I was, I was a five level. Excellent. What about you, Airman Gunderson? I got my five level about a month ago. It took me about 11 months. And yeah, it was pretty much just head, just head down, just constantly in the books and the regs. Not only that, but getting our pro time is a huge thing because people can read about it, but they sometimes the problem is they don't know how to apply it. 
So application is a huge thing for air traffic control. So that was definitely, it was fun. It was definitely fun, but it definitely took a lot of brain power. <laughs> there was a lot of naps after work. So yeah. Awesome. For me, it took about till the beginning of February, but that was only because of waiting game. Sure. You know, only four people per class due to COVID regulations. So I was just waiting my turn, but also deploying to Qatar for the three weeks of the refugee help. That pushed me back a little more. But if other than that, it was probably within six months if I didn't deploy. Okay. But that deployment was probably pretty invaluable. Oh, yeah. I learned so much over there. I think I learned more over there than I did in a actual uh, class. That's crazy that you got to be a part of that, too. I bet you yeah, definitely remember was, that one. Oh, yeah. The smells, for sure. Because <laughs> I'm guessing you probably did more than just fix aircraft. Oh, yeah. What, what, um, what were some of the other things you guys were involved with? So I was over there in a couple hangars helping with refugee support, which is basically 12 hours of just making sure that they get food and water and they know where to go and they don't leave that area. Okay. Yeah, because I remember seeing some pictures. I think she was with you, Airman Cecil. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures with her and some of the kiddos. Yeah, we were working with them, teaching them how to count to 10 in English and just making sure they're uh, happy because it's pretty stressful over there, especially sure. when you have to leave everything and you can only have what you have in your hands in front of you. No, it's a pretty uh, unique experience that you guys got to partake in that many people in the Air Force haven't dealt with, so good on you guys for getting over there and helping out. So Airman Gunderson, with your tech school, I mean, not your tech school, with your five level, why does it take so long? Because do you have CDCs anymore? No. So air traffic control doesn't have CDCs. It's broken down into different blocks. Sure. So there's flight data, ground and local. And there's like a couple blocks for each one. It, it varies base to base. For instance, my friend over at Edwards is waiting two years to get rated. Sure. Because there's such a backup in local. So it really just does depend on that. Um, not only that, but each base has its specific airspace. So you have to learn like what kind of airspace it is. First of all, what kind of aircraft you have, because that's really big, especially whenever it comes like to here. I'm a lot of wake turbulence separation. So Familiarizing yourself that first time at your first base um, is a big thing just because it, whenever you're learning it, it's like learning a completely new language. That's what they told us in tech school, and it, it definitely rang true. Sure. Um, so then once you get here, there's the basics, um, and then you ha also have to look at different regs, especially base, like base-assigned stuff. So we have a big—so one of our main regs is with Spokane International because they technically have all of the airspace, and we kind of borrow it from them from time to time depending on like what we're using— there's that kind of stuff to where it's it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around sometimes, but it just takes a little bit of time to sink in. Um, and then actually put, seeing it and working with it with your trainer or just whenever you're in position and applying that that knowledge that you're, you've gained all the way from the beginning of tech school. So, Okay. Yep. Nice. Because it, it totally makes sense why a boom operator, maybe it wouldn't take so long once you're on station because I know you guys do a lot of on-aircraft training at other locations before right, before you guys that. get here. And depending on what aircraft you get assigned to as an E&E &E troop, much like most maintainers, we can do as much as we can to kind of get you familiarized with certain items and maybe power equipment. But other than that, until you know exactly what you're working on, each aircraft is going to have similar items, but not the exact. If, if you can imagine when you're looking at a different aircraft, 35 compared to 
a B-52, obviously not the same aircraft, right? Obviously not an F-16. Yeah, especially for E&E, because we can shred out to anything, even helicopters. So. Yep. so, you guys have been here for just over a year. What hobbies or activities, what, what do you guys do outside of work? What have you guys found that you enjoy? In the summer, I am so excited to go camping. I absolutely love camping. My friend just ended up getting a teardrop camper, so can't wait to do that. Going out and to all the parks that are around here, and there's super, super good hiking trails around here. So that's that's my favorite part to do. Excellent. I do think one of my favorite hiking trails around here is probably Iller Creek still, just because it's, it's a good distance, and then you can kind of like change it up whether or not you want to go on a longer one or sure. a shorter one for that day, but it's really pretty over there. And like one side looks completely different from the other. Okay. So, but I still stick with reading. That's probably a big hobby I've still done, which is kind of funny because that's basically all you do whenever you're trying to get rated. So. Okay. Nice. Um, sticking to the summer, I've been hitting up the cove, which is a nice little cliff spot, like an hour away from base. Winter, just snowboarding, going whatever outdoor rec has, whether it's snowboarding, rock climbing, or just little uh, overnight camping trips. And I've been on the base team for hockey and softball. Okay. So that's been keeping me busy. Sure. From in between times. Nice. No other hobbies? Nothing on your sleeve? I really enjoy doing the escape rooms. So I've done probably 10 just in this city alone. And they're so they're so much fun. So they got just two different places called Escape. It's in the Valley. And then they got one off of Division. And they both have like five or six escape rooms. And they're pretty high quality. And then Think Tank, when you go over the bridge, you'll see their sign. They have two of them that as one well. Before. Those are my first two. Um, my first one I ended up passing. Me and my friends ended up beating it with like one minute left. Um, there has been a couple that I have not made it through, which is super disappointing. But it just makes me want to go more so that's another fun like winter thing if you don't enjoy being like outside skiing or snowboarding because I am so nervous to break an arm so (laughs) if you want to stay inside and use your mind too there's that as well you get a little bruised up but it's still fun (laughs) (laughs) the first fall is definitely the worst a couple other hobbies I guess you'd say uh tattooing recently (laughs) finished up my sleeve super happy about that I don't know if the bank account's happy about it but it's okay (laughs) it's worth it oh yeah (laughs) I go to Iron Gold. There are a couple prior military out there. Okay, nice. So they hook it up. Excellent. I notice you like the black and gray. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too much of a color guy. That's all right. You guys have any tattoos, Oliver Gunderson? Actually, Heimbrick and I went uh, <laughs> our first week that we were here. We went and got a tattoo. I ended up, okay. uh, I cannot drive in the city. I'm from like a town that's like 400 people. And you have a giant truck. And I have a giant truck and I cannot drive it. <laughs> Don't, yeah, <laughs> we drove to Iron and Gold, and I got a little tattoo on the back of my arm of my home coordinates because I've moved so many sure. times in my life. Um, and then he got a piece as well, so that was, that was pretty cool. Excellent. I have no tattoos. Any ambitions? <laughs> um, maybe no. someday. No, honestly, sure. As far as like, whenever it comes to my body, I don't know. I'm too indecisive. Like, I feel sure. like if I got something permanent, I would be like, oh no, I don't like it, or oh no, like, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen just not for me personally, but I think they're cool to look at. And I agree with you. I really personally, whenever I see them, I like just like the black. I don't know. Thank you. I've seen people (laughs) put them as like their wallpaper for like six months. And then if they get tired of it, they don't get end up getting that as their tattoo anymore. Yeah. 
I just don't know. I feel like I would look at it and then I'd just get bored with it and just be like, all right, get it off me. <laughs> just put it on your back and you'll never know. Yeah, that's what I did. So. I forget about that one all the time. There's a little one here. Oh, there you go. I think it's a spider sometimes. I'm just like stretching. Ooh. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, heck no. <laughs> Gunderson is never getting a tattoo now. That's totally okay. <laughs> at least in their back. On sure. Their back. Sure. Yeah. When you're in the mirror and you see something <laughs> on the corner of your eye, that might be a little startling, I'm sure. Airman Heimbrook, you've had the chance to go ahead and go TDY, and I know Airman Oliver has too, or Airman Gunderson, until you deploy. I've your, been grounded. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a pretty non-moving job for the most part, I'm guessing. Pretty much. But have you guys done any traveling outside of work, or where's your favorite places that you've been so far? Seattle's cool. really cool. I've been there quite a few times now, and it's just really cool to go over there. I've always loved the idea of it, and I finally got to visit it. That's one of the like top bucket list items I've had. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So I don't know why. I've just always been kind of drawn to it. It was really cool to go over there. Um, each time I always see something new. So sure. it's awesome. Um, Coeur d'Alene's really gorgeous. I really like it. I wasn't expecting it. Um, the terrain just completely changes, you know, whenever you're getting over there. And I think it's awesome over there. Lots to do, hiking, all that stuff. Surprisingly, it gets really hot in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to swim and then you freeze to death. So there is that, but it's, it's awesome. It got pretty warm here last summer, too, unfortunately, mm-hmm. at least in my mind, unfortunately. 100-degree weather with no real AC was a little bit of a bummer for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially in the dorms. When I was living back in the dorms, I was sure. like, yep, no, we're well, going out to the lake today. Smart. <laughs> Ended up camping out there for, like, I think the weekends just because I didn't want to come back to the dorms. I and I didn't work, not. so I was like, look, we're just staying here. Smart. I just went to uh, Leavenworth last week for my first time, and that place is beautiful. I ended up going on a hike. Not so great. Uh, (laughs) It was not snowing on the level that we were at, but uh, we ended up hiking about 1,000 feet in elevation, and it was a full-on blizzard. I was determined to keep on going, but uh, that was a bad decision because I was falling in four feet of snow. So... Did, a, did 11 miles on that one, and we ended up turning around in the middle, so. That would literally be up to my neck if it was four feet of snow. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, Leavenworth is something. I like going there. I went in the summer, and that was pretty cool. I saw a lot of wedding parties out there, and then sure. I went during the winter just because, and it's just really festive, and I loved it. I've but, wanted to go to Leavenworth so bad. I just haven't had a chance. I was going to say you traveled to Seattle. I know. Like, I saw those, I saw those signs for it too, like <laughs> off the highway. And I'm like, I, I could, I could just but. pass through the apple capital. Yeah. I know. There's so many apple trees out there. It's insane. It's nice. You'll have to hit it up sometime. I have not yet been out there either. So. I've been thinking about doing it this summer, especially now that I'm rated. I have a lot of free time. Sure. Sure. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that's excellent. Have any of you guys sewn on senior airmen yet? Nope. Not yet. Not. Nope. Are any BTZ anytime soon? Are we'll you guys see. tracking when your BTZ is due? Or yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right so. on, working on the school inside. Sure. May for you? I believe. Okay. Mine's not for another year. I just sewn in on right. A1C in November. Okay. I'm in that same boat. Okay. So you guys may be competing against each other if you're in small. Airman Heinbrook, probably not, but you guys could possibly be competing yes. against similar people. Uh, for small units, you guys will compete at the wing, but with a squadron of 700 and about 50 people in AMXS, there's a good chance that Airman Heimbrook will have competition within just AMXS. <laughs> all I need is school. That's all we need. <laughs> How many people do school and maintenance? I don't know why. 
So it's not that we don't want to. I think sometimes we get so sucked into our jobs that we forget that there is things outside of our jobs, especially in maintenance world. But it's very, very important. And I, I, I guess I'm on a tangent now. But one thing I like to remind anyone who's joined the military, whether you want to do your four and get out or six and get out, that's totally fine. Or if you stay in a little bit longer, like some of my coworkers and I have, one thing that we all have in common is one day the Air Force is going to say, thank you for your service, but it's time for you to go. And what have you done to set yourself up for success? Are you successful enough when you get out of the Air Force that you never need to work again? If you are, hats off to you. Let me know what you did because I'd love to be financially set too, but there's a good chance I will need to work. And if I don't want to just flip burgers or work at any job at a, at the beginning tier, having a bachelor's or a master's or any certification is going to help me. So I don't necessarily do it for the bullet. I do it because I know someday I'm going to have to get out of the military. And when the military is giving me so much opportunity to take advantage of the schooling, at least financially, I know sometimes it's hard to find the hours to do the class, but when they're paying me to basically go to school it's hard to justify not taking advantage. And when you guys are airmen, I know we harp, and I was the same way when I was an airman, and I did not listen. But when you guys are at this tier, all we care about is you learning your job and being good at your job. We don't need you to supervise anybody. We don't need you to manage any huge programs for the most part. All we want you to do is do your job. So that's when you have the least amount of responsibilities. So please take advantage of going to school. Yeah. If you need help with that, please let me know. I know all the people. <laughs> That's such good advice. Sometimes I think we just need someone to say that and give us that little reminder. So I it did not work for me, but I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping so hard that it works for other people because I was definitely in that boat. So that's why I can't physically flick you on the head or kick you into going to school. But I strongly, strongly recommend it because again, don't think of it don't think of it as about bullets. Think of it about think of it as about what you're going to do when you get out. So that's that's all I'm going to say on that. I, I think of it as bullets because I only want to be in for four. Sure. I'm trying to get everything listed on that, just like pins on a chest, except I'm probably not going to earn that many pins because I'm not going to be in that long. <laughs> and that's totally fine. But yeah, take advantage because you're going to get all that free schooling yeah. and then you're also going to get your GI Bill. So if you already have your bachelor's or close to being done, then you jump into a master's for free. Or if you want to do a doctorate, even usually at that point, certain programs will pay for you to go with to school with them so that helps too so and then you get your bah and everything else when you use your gi bill so i just strongly 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 recommend taking advantage of what you can unless your whole goal is i want to get out and i want to go back to college then please don't let me stop you because you will get the bah and you'll get a little bit of book stipend and everything else and if that's your goal please don't let me stop you <laughs> so what about tdys have you guys gone anywhere cool yeah, everybody's looking at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just ended up getting back from uh, Dias Air Force Base in Texas. Oh that, boy, that was a that was a hoot. We ended up getting down there, and our jet ended up breaking. So that never happens. She's no. lying. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up getting one check ride done on a on a B one. So at least we got that. So you did at least get yes. one. Okay, yes. good. We got a few contacts on another B one on our way down there. So. Raj. Excellent. Weren't you guys broken down in Alaska for a little while too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I ended up going and doing uh, an exercise up in Alaska, and thankfully, for the that whole week, we had three jets. Nothing broke, and we ended up completing the entire exercise, which was super awesome. With I don't think on 
on anybody's part, like no issues. So, <laughs> which was nice. They're old jets. That's all I'm going to say. They oh, are older than I think probably all your parents. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta be gentle. They're doing their best. Yeah, um, I've TDY'd to Qatar, and then in route on the way back, we stopped at Germany. We were supposed to go to Mildenhall, but okay. we had an IFE. And of course, it was my IFE, so <laughs> I didn't get to go out and party oh like no. everyone else. <laughs> but yeah, we fixed it and headed out the next day, but Germany was really nice. Got to visit the BX there. So I'm guessing you went to Ramstein. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Stayed in K-Town. Okay. Yeah, it was really nice just seeing all the little trinkets that they had out there did it remind you of leavenworth i was about ready to that's ask exactly that. <laughs> that's exactly how i went back i was like uh i went back to leavenworth i don't know when it just happened to be in the winter sure but yeah if you guys can go during the weekdays i heard it's better just because many people will try and take advantage of weekends especially yeah. during the popular months because a big thing in germany if you guys haven't ever been is they do their big christmas festivals that's one of yours yeah <laughs> They'll have their big Christmas festivals, and if you've never been to one, I'm trying to think. It, Chris Kringle Market in Chicago, they have one. A big, yeah. A big German, yeah, oh, cool. market. Yeah, so it's just like that over all of Germany, though. Even the smaller towns have festivals, so it's a lot of fun to visit. Yeah, when I was over there, it was funny. The bus driver, he saw my name, and it was a, it's a sure. city out there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you were going there? I was like, no, I got to go to work. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's, it's pretty nice. I was like, thank you. <laughs> he laughed yeah it was so funny yeah so i'm guessing no no tdy's yet for you no do you guys TDYs. go tdy watch um, an atc yeah yep we have two guys that are going to florida i believe next month okay but yeah for a conference or something yeah excellent that's awesome do you are they going to mcdill i believe i don't want to say eglin but i'm pretty sure it's eglin eglin cool awesome maybe you'll be able to get on Friendly one of those Dustin trips area. yeah yes hopefully yeah <laughs> just keep just keep getting it, Sergeant Taishi. Be like, sir, when there's a available TDY, I just let so you know I'd like to go. He's leaving soon. Yeah, he'll be. He'll hopefully be back though. Yeah. So, or Sergeant Dodge, I'd like to go on this TDY. Sergeant Alexander, <laughs> I'd like to go on this TDY, please. Just make sure they're paying attention to that. Where else have you been, boom operator? I've been to Japan. Went over there, did some C-17s, which I felt bad for them because they flew from Accord over to Japan and then ended up doing over a 40,000 pound offload. Or, yeah, we offloaded over 40,000 pounds to them. So, so they had a, at the end of a flight that long. Just to be given more fuel. Just to be given more <laughs> fuel. I'm guessing they have more than one crew on board maybe, though, so they, they swapped out. Maybe. Um, I, I would assume so. I would hope so. So. <laughs> Have you been anywhere else? Or is that pretty much it? I don't. I can't remember where you've been up, overseas. Uh, overseas, I ended up going to a tail swap. We stopped in Mildenhall on the way over there and ended up uh, going to Cambridge for a few hours and then went over to Turkey, took another jet home, stopped in Maine on the way back. Okay. I lived in Mildenhall for seven years and then I was at Ramstein for two years. So I, I know some of these places very, very well. Which did you like better? <sighs> That's a hard one. Every single one of my assignments, I feel very, very lucky. And if it wasn't the location, it was the people or the, the job I was getting to do. The most family-oriented job I've ever had was Ramstein, and that was when I was working postal. And I don't know how to... 
describe the amount of mail. You guys have seen semi trucks, right? So imagine one of those just full of mail. My goodness. I don't know. I worked at UPS. So. Oh, so you, you kind of know. <laughs> yeah. Christmas time, we would get two oh semi trucks full of mail. And there's only seven or eight of us to take care of all of this mail. And while our priority is making sure that all the airmen and their families around the base get their mail, just the sheer amount makes you just want to dry up a little in the inside and just <laughs> go to sleep and not wake up until the holidays are over. So it was a little much. So the mail's gone. But the, the harder life is sometimes in the military or the, the crappier of, of assignments you go through together, it's usually when you guys kind of form tighter bonds. So even after working a 16 to 18 hour day for three days straight on the weekends, we would still go hang out with each other because we still liked each other enough to, to do family dinners or to go into town and get food or go to the nearby cities, go to the mall at the KMCC, hang out. So even after all those hours, we still wanted to hang out with each other, which is really, really impressive because sometimes, especially if someone's not pulling their weight, you want to dig into them a little, but at the end of the day, they're probably just tired. But Milton Hall was also super, super exciting because I was on the KC-135 and we had Operation Unified Protector going on, so the Libyan crisis, so I was involved with that at two different locations. I got to go to all sorts of cool exercises around Iceland and Poland and, yeah, lots of other places, <laughs> uh, Germany, France, Greece, so a lot of cool different locations that a lot of people usually don't get to go to. It, any assignment is literally what you make of it. Sometimes it's easier to find the good in an assignment than others, but I, if you guys do think you're going to stay in, definitely try and go to other locations. It's not that Fairchild isn't great. It's just it's good to see what else is out there. Even if you do end up extending a year, Heimbrook, an extra year, try, yeah. try and go somewhere else. See what else is out there. I definitely am open to that because my dream sheet is literally overseas. Just keep Everything. updating. Literally have Korea in there. Yeah, that, that will me. help. That will help. Best way to get picked up right now, I've heard. Yes. Oh. That or you go back or you haven't been to, but go to Turkey. Any of those short tour assignments are really, really yeah. helpful. And make sure you don't just put Korea on the dream sheet. Put Osan, Kunsan. Yeah, I did. Interlick. Just remember that for assignments, too. Never put just the country or the state. Even if all you want to do is go to California, Gunderson, don't just put California. Put Edwards, March, Beale, Travis whatever the other bases, but make sure you just list all of them because that's what the Air Force is going to see. They're not going to take the time to see, oh, she'll go anywhere in California. They'll see, oh, she wants to go to these five locations. So I make sure you guys about California, but... <laughs> that one just has a, a lot of choices for me to kind of read yeah. off of. So I it's warm. Florida, Tampa, <laughs> Eglin, Herbert Field, Patrick. So if you wanted to go there, which is the opposite of muggy summers versus just really hot summers. I feel like there's a lot more over there than just hot summers. It was just so <laughs> warm. And then I was there for Irma, if you guys remember when Irma yeah. tore through yeah. through Florida. And we forgot to evacuate, or we just didn't evacuate. Forgot, forgot to <laughs> evacuate. <laughs> all of a sudden it was supposed to be coming over us as a Cat 5 hurricane. And inside I, I dried up and wanted to go to sleep again until it was over. But we ended up surviving, thank goodness. It ended up passing over us but I was curious if the base would be there when everything was said and done and then I thought about having to clean up the base if it did hit and then yeah thank goodness thank goodness for so many other reasons besides my own personal <laughs> I don't want to go clean up McDill Air Force Base after a hurricane hits it that it stayed 
stayed uh, protected. Well, we'll kind of wrap this up, but I did want to ask you guys a couple more questions. And one just being, if you guys do sponsor someone or have someone that you don't even sponsor, but you'll have airmen come in behind you within your squadrons. What advice do you have for new airmen at this base? Oh, yeah, I've sponsored someone before, and my roommate, he's really new. They don't really have that many people, but um, for sure, get a car. Like, that's the first thing. There's a lot of people that come out here without their license or a car, and there's just really not much to do on base. Like other bases, there's bowling sure. alleys and stuff. I'm like, you need a car. You have to go off and go explore, especially coming from, like, small places like the middle of nowhere, Ohio, or stuck on an island in Hawaii. Like, they've just never been open to, like, mountains or the cold. Sure. And I just wanted to take them out and do everything. We w- I took them on a couple snowboarding trips and then just take them around town to a hockey game. They've, like, never watched hockey. Sure. I was like, let's just go do stuff. And they're like, there's so much to do. I was like, exactly. So, like, get the car, get off base, get out the dorms. Okay. Excellent. As far as getting a car, though, just make sure you take them to a credible source and don't set them oh, yeah. up with a, a place that's going to cost just as much an interest as, as their car payment or maybe their insurance. Yeah, that would <laughs> make you a bad friend at that point. Like, if you <laughs> took someone just to, like, screw them over or sell them your little uh, project. Sure. Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. That's, that's a good place to look. Just help each other out. But no, I like that. What about you, Erman Gunderson? I have not sponsored anybody so far. And are you talking like just specifically for our jobs or anybody? Or in general, like now that you've been here for a year, if someone came to you and just asked you for advice or if you wanted to just share advice with someone that maybe was new, what, what tips would you give them? Like uh, Heinberg said, maybe make sure that if you can afford it, get a vehicle. Yeah. No. I completely agree with that. I was one of those ones I was like dragging my feet a little. Right. I was like, I was like, hmm. And then I realized how far everything was. That's how then, you guys become friends, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, yep, I need a vehicle. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, whenever they got here, especially if they were ATC, I would definitely let them know, you know, there's work and then there's the time that you're off of work. And yes, you can study outside of that, but make sure that you are giving a little bit of time to yourself as well, because it's very, very easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of get rated, get rated, get rated, you sure. know? But yeah, that's definitely like a really big thing is having like your personal time, whether that's staying in and just, you reading. know what I mean? Yeah, reading or doing whatever <laughs> sure. you want to do or going out with your friends. I think it's a really good thing to make friends. I mean, it's kind of, there's introverts and extroverts, but it's really good to reach out and see what other people want to do as well, because that's how you build really strong relationships. And I think it's really awesome that you can do that. So, but yeah, whenever you, whenever you make friends or, you know what I mean? They almost become family, but whenever you meet those people it's a little bit hard to tell at first but once you kind of grow that bond with them you can go and do anything anywhere with them and it's just really nice to I don't know have people to hang out with and take your mind off of work because it's very easy to fall back into that constant like gee I wonder what's happening right now and you know yeah oh that's another good point thank you yeah so I'm definitely stealing this one so something that you had said to me about three weeks ago is uh try to remember everybody's name that you talk to And that is something that has stuck with me for like these past three weeks that I've been trying to like do better on because I've seen you go out and about on the base and you know every single person. And that's so awesome because they're able to like come back to you and like remember your face as well. And I think that just helps with like connections and networking and um, stuff like that. So also second one, treat everybody with respect. 
I just feel like that's a big one that we've like lost as a society. So just try to treat everybody with respect. No, I definitely can appreciate that second one too. Um, if you guys have ever listened to my podcast, I know only one person in this audience or in this group of three has so far, but I did leadership traits and one of them does focus solely on kindness and it's just so important. How many of you guys have had a bad day oh, yeah. since you started working here? Right. right. Anyone and everyone. <laughs> yeah. And some days are really rough, right? Like you don't want to deal with people and now your plane's broke and it's your item that's that's broken on it and you're already having a bad day and then all of a sudden the pilot's just, we need this jet fixed and we know you need the jet fixed, but you snap on them, right? And they don't know why you snapped and then what happens? They tell your supervision, your supervision then comes back down on you. Hey, you can't talk to people that way in general, especially officers in a professional environment. And if they would have known you were having a bad day, maybe they wouldn't have had you work that jet. Maybe they would have had you done a different project and had somebody else launch the jet, right? Don't let those 10 seconds ruin your whole 24 hours of that day. So just go in thinking that everyone's having a bad day that way you're always just treating them a little bit nicer. One thing I said a while back, and I have kind of changed it up, because, you know, treat everyone like you would treat your mother or your sister or your brother. But then I had it kick back in my face. What if they don't like their family members? <laughs> so like, oh, that means I can treat everybody like trash? No, 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 no. That's not what Sergeant Northam meant. Sergeant Northam just means think of that one person in your life that you just, you love and meant, or cherish, and you would never want anyone to do anything bad to them. Think of that person in your life and then treat everybody that way because then I think you're going to treat and expect to be treated that way too. Don't demand it, but come off across in a way that deserves that respect, right? But also give everyone the chance to have that respect too. But just treat everybody like you treat that one person in your life that you love the most, and I think that's a good way of remembering it. But do you guys have any final words, anything you'd like to leave the audience, the listeners? I know it's a little awkward talking into microphones. Uh, green Muse, best aim you. Oh, okay. Attached to the 97. Let's go. <laughs> Kick Astra. <laughs> Kick Astra. <laughs> what about you over in the tower? Don't forget about us. We're lonely. I mean, <laughs> we're awesome. So no. <laughs> you guys are no. pretty, it is pretty impressive is. what you guys it's, do. It's a really fun job. So I'm like really excited to go to different bases as well. Like busier bases here. Like I said, Wake Turbulence is like, a super big thing here, which other bases necessarily don't sure. have that much experience with. I mean, they should know about it. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, this is like a day-to-day basis, but like going somewhere busy like Edwards or, you know what I mean? Going over Korea. I think it's going to be really awesome, especially if we had fighters and stuff like that. Like I'm excited for that, but, and I'm in just in the tower right now. So there's also RAPCON, which yeah. I'm really looking forward to as well. So it's, yeah. It's done a tour and came up there and saw you and your guys' job is just so high speed. It's so intense. It's awesome. It's fun. It keeps you on your toes and it's constantly changing. Like nothing is really stagnant, you know, it, something that happens today. And you ha- like, if you see something similar tomorrow, you know, it, it may just work out a completely different way. Sure. There's like so many factors that go into it. So it's like keeping there's plans and then there's your backup plans and then there's backup plans to those backup plans. And it's just, it's definitely like a different mindset. Like once you learn it, but by the way, were you up there whenever I was up there? Yeah. I completely didn't even know that people were coming up. And then Sergeant Taishi was like, oh, your friend was here. And I was like, what? Yeah. You were she didn't s- say hello. You were so zoned in and talking. I was like, oh, I cannot talk to her. She is focused. I think I even tried to let you know that they were showing up, but you maybe 
Maybe I forgot. Or maybe I told Sergeant Taishu to let you know. But Or if you sent me a text or something, I probably didn't see it. But That's very true. <laughs> yeah, after she that, I was like, phones. what the heck? She didn't say hello. Yeah, you were, you were <laughs> focused. So. You were still finishing up that training, too. So yeah. I knew how yeah. crucial it was for you to be zoned in. Yeah. But, hey, I really want to appreciate all three of you guys for coming back after, you know, a year of FTAC or a year from FTAC and being out on your jobs. And just it's been great to kind of catch up with you guys, see how well you guys have been doing in your careers just catching up, seeing the highlights of the places you've gone, the people you've helped, and then just all the, also the, it's always cool to see how far you guys go or how far, how much you guys accomplish within just the first year of your career. Cause that's pretty much the high, that most high speed, the most we're going to expect out of you. We're always going to be expecting things out of you, <laughs> but we really want you to just feel like you're part of the mission and then also be able to prove that you are part of it. So again, I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your day because I know how busy all three of you are. It's a miracle we finally got all three of you together, <laughs> in my personal opinion. We have like a text message group chat called <laughs> Podcast Crew. Yep. <laughs> so I appreciate you three making that happen because I kind of gave up for a little bit after someone someone got stuck in that great <laughs> state of Texas yeah, for, <laughs> for the extra, what, week almost? Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys again so much. And for my listeners, you guys have a spectacular day. All right, team, that wraps up another episode of Refill Team Fairchild. If you guys have any stories you'd like to share on the podcast or maybe know anyone that does have stories that they'd like to share, please let us know. You can reach us at 92foxtrotsierrasierra.foxtrotsierradeltapapa.fairchildcontrollyalphaalpha.us.af.mil. And until next time, we'll see you then.